Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I am delighted to have with me today, Kevin Gazzara. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi, Meredith. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Well, I am especially excited about having you because of the wealth of information I know you're going to be sharing with my listeners based on your extensive experience, both in the corporate world and then 12 years having your own firm. Kevin is the co-founder and senior partner at Magna Leadership Solutions, and they're based in Phoenix, Arizona. He and his partners provide business workshops, facilitation, assessment, and executive coaching services to large global companies that you're all familiar with, like Cisco and Qualcomm. And Kevin spent 18 years at Intel Corporation, and during that time, he was involved in developing mentoring programs as well as management and leadership development programs, Uh, working in a lot of the areas that my listeners work in, Kevin. The other thing that Kevin has done is, uh, he has so many things he's done, he is the author of a really great book on leadership called The Leader of Oz, Revealing 101 Secrets of Marvelous Leadership for the 21st Century. And I've had a chance to read that book. It was just so well done as far as the principles that were presented and also the tie-in with all these different characters and elements with from The Wizard of Oz. So that was great. Um, On the academic side, Kevin has a doctorate of management and organizational leadership, and he is on the faculty of four, is it four or five different colleges and universities? Hard to keep track these days. I think it's, (laughs) I think five at the moment, something like that. Okay, so five, teaching on leadership and organizational behavior. So needless to say, Kevin is a very busy guy, and so I'm glad he made time to join us today because I know, Kevin, you've got so much uh, great information to share based on our previous conversations. But before we get into some of the tips that I know you can share related to growing your own firm, tell us a little bit about your journey from working at Intel to starting your own consulting firm. Uh, well, thanks for the introduction, Meredith. I really appreciate that. The, you know, the journey has been a, just an exceptional one, but it was a planned journey. So I, um, you know, I did all my undergraduate work in engineering, dual degree in engineering and business, and then did my MBA. And as you mentioned, went off and did my doctoral work when I was at it, actually at Intel in organizational leadership. But, uh, but my, my journey has been, uh, it certainly hasn't been a, a linear journey of kind of what normal people would probably th- think of plotting things out when you're uh, leaving high school and going through college and figuring out what things were. But it's, uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, I pretty much enjoy every day that I've that I get up, uh, given having the opportunity to really contribute as well as, you know, kind of give back has been terrific. And I spent uh, 28, 29 years, something like that in the corporate world, 
But, um, you know, when I was in my mid thirties, I had this, uh, uh, plan, you know, I call a 15 year plan to retire from the corporate world when I was 50. And I was very fortunate to be able to do that, to start my second phase of life. And, and I wanted to gather, uh, the knowledge and experience, uh, build my network and my connections, uh, so that, uh, at 50, I can make the, uh, determination if I still enjoy corporate world to stay. And if I wanted to go out and, and do something different, I'd have that opportunity. And I was fortunate to have great mentors, great coaches, um, a, a terrific network, uh, and put the things in place and kind of stayed the course to make sure that I could get to where I needed to be. So when we started the firm in 2007, uh, just a little after I was 50, uh, that, uh, that we were starting it uh, in a way that we would we would be successful. So, uh, so uh, I guess the tip I would give everybody kind of listening is, is if you don't have a plan, you need to get a plan. And if you don't have, if you're trying to do it all on your own and you don't have a, a good coach or a mentor, a good financial advisor, good support from your family, a good background and experiences, get a plan to, to do that because it's very possible. And I do a lot of coaching of individuals who are trying to make the transition. You know, many of those um, have a, at least a short-term plan, you know, for one to two years, I have a couple in, in that phase. So we have to accelerate a little bit, but some have a little bit longer. Uh, and if I can get them to kind of experience what I've experienced, you know, I think life will be grand. And also uh, they can really make it better for, for the people where they're gonna share their, their wisdom. So you jumped out on your own and uh, tell us a little bit about how you found your first clients, because one of the things I do want us to explore today is this area of business development. Just so you know, many of my listeners are leadership coaches, consultants, service professionals who love delivering the service they provide but they're not as keen on marketing and sales. And so you've had um, some successes and not such good successes over the years, as you've uh, mentioned to me before. And I think that your experiences can really provide some great learnings and insights and um, could accelerate development for some of the people who are listening to us. So tell us, let's go back at the beginning. What did you do initially to get your first clients? Ah, great. Well, uh, terrific question. And, and that's really was my hope for today is that, that I can hopefully give some of that insight uh, to the people that are doing things that are similar for me. You know, I've, I've been part of NSA the, the National Speakers Association, not the security agency, <laughs> for about 12 years. And I love their philosophy, you know, as a keynote speaker. But their philosophy is, is don't try to get a bigger piece of the pie, try to make the pie bigger, right? And, and I think that was my hope for today is that, you know, we've had really terrific um, experience and success with, the, with starting a consulting firm. Um, and if I can share that and help accelerate that for everybody else, uh, even though if they're doing exactly the same thing I'm doing, there's plenty of work out there. So let's figure out how to make the pie bigger because there is certainly a need for developing managers and, and leaders. So when we, when we started the firm to kind of lead into your question about, so what did we do? 
you know, we um, we met my my two original business partners and I um, flew to Phoenix. We met in Phoenix. We put a business plan together. We tried to get Intel to extend. They had canceled some of the leadership programs that we had developed um, uh, for whatever reason. And, and we tried to get them to shift that back uh, and reverse their decisions. And we said, hey, if we can get them to reverse their decisions, we'll continue to contribute. You know, we used to do um, the programs I've managed for MAT first and midline program, residential programs. We would do 2,500 managers and leaders in 10 different countries every year. And when I retired wow. or resigned from Intel, we had just finished training our 40,000th manager. So we got pretty, got pretty good. We got pretty good at it. It was a wonderful experience. And then they, um, they decided that they weren't going to offer that anymore. So we said, Hey, let's, you know, we've, I've spent the last six years doing this very successfully. Let's go out and, and do that. But since I had a plan during this period of time, as I was getting ready for, you know, Kevin 2.0 or whatever you want to call it, um, I, I was doing all the things and I'll share the things um, that, that I had put it, that I was putting in place that my mentor told me uh, were, were needed. And then I'll give you the five things that, that are, were necessary in order to make the business successful. So, Perfect. So, so the first thing was I had a plan, as we mentioned before, right? Uh, and we, we stuck to the plan and the plan included um, expanding my knowledge, which kind of said, okay, we got to go back and get some additional degrees and experience. And I got certifications and all kinds of other stuff while I was in the corporate world. So that was, that was the first big plus. Um, uh, and I was very thankful for Intel for providing those things for me. They, they paid for my doctoral work and my research. Uh, they, I got certified by Peter Senge's organization to do systems thinking. Uh, I, I got certified for another dozen classes I went, you know, they sent me to conferences. I got to share the work that I was doing. Plus, I was doing leadership development, you know, at, at the same time and delivering it. So getting good, good feedback. Uh, and at the same point in time, I was building my network and helping managers within the company get better. And the good news is that, you know, I'd say probably half of those managers have left either to go start their own businesses, but more, most likely, I'd say probably of the 50%, at least uh, half, maybe three quarters of them went to other big companies, you know, and they remembered that, you know, Kevin and our, my programs helped them out and they liked that. So, so I made, made sure we use, um, there's lots of different, uh, tools, but we use constant contact. So as I was working there, I was maintaining that. Um, and then when we, when we left, I had lots and lots of contacts of people that I had helped or organizations that I had helped. Uh, that had moved on. So we just let them know, hey, we're hanging out our shingle. Um, you know the kind of stuff that I do, uh, or we do, uh, the three of us um, do, and if it's a, be available to you. If you'd like to have a discussion, if we can help, no sales pitch, we don't do sales pitches, uh, we're there We're there to help you. So uh, so that was, the, that was really the, some of the things we put in place and then, um, and then we are part of a, and we'll talk a little bit about this later about the, the different partnerships that we had done, but we were, we're part of the um, Target Training International organization. So, uh, so they provide uh, lots of different assessments, uh, emotional intelligence and DISC and values and 
test preferences and um, uh, for benchmarking and uh, wonderful organization. They've been in business on 40 plus years or so. And we've been part of that um, uh, since we started and even, even a little bit before. Um, and they have a network of about, uh, you know, I know what the current count is, maybe 8,000. Uh, they call them value-added associates or distributors uh, that can sell their, their assessments. And we use their assessments extensively in, in, our, in our business. But the thing is, is uh, the first tip would be is, is if you have a business and you're not associated with uh, whether it's assessments or uh, an association or whatever, that you, you want to do that because it gives you access to other experts. And what we also found out, not only do you get access to other experts, but you get access um, once they know the, the good work that you are available to do is quite often they'll bring you in to, to partner with them. And, and that's really kind of, I think, the, the intent for today, right? What you said, you know, how do you partner with other consultants? And the first thing is, is um, you need to find the other consultants. And if you're part of an, an organization, whether it's assessments or training or meetings or whatever, whatever it is, um, that, that you don't have to go out and, and try to find them, that they, you may have thousands of them at your fingertips. The key is, is, is once you're part of that network and that family, then your access to them is, is, uh, is quite easy and it doesn't feel like a sales pitch, particularly if you're going in with what we would call the servant leadership mindset, right? is our philosophy at Magna Leadership Solutions for myself and all my partners is, is, is to try to help you. You know, the money really is the byproduct and not, not the product. If we can help you be successful, we, we know from long-term experience that the, the benefits or whether it's financial or engagement benefits, whatever, will follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've sensed that about you in our conversations. I can tell you light up when you're talking about the impact of the work that you do, that that's where your real um, excitement and reward comes from. And I think that sometimes when people are just starting out, or you, you may have seen this in your own business where it can be cyclical, where you can get a really good contract and then you're so busy delivering the work that the marketing and selling part kind of falls by the wayside. And then, uh Oh, as that contract is coming to an end, yeah, where's the next one coming from? So there is a bit of that. Um, I call it cyclical uh, uneasiness too, that goes with it with people that haven't been able to have that, marketing and sale, selling happening at the same time as the delivery. How have you managed to balance the, the sides there that both need to be done? Well, that, uh, that's a great lead into kind of one of the notes that I have, which is, um, you know, our original approach when we started in June 17th, 2007, um, uh, was our original approach was to kind of do it all ourselves. Right, that, that we were going to develop the content and, and, and so forth. Now, the good news is when I did my uh, undergraduate degree in, uh, in business and engineering, you know, my focus, my business focus was uh, marketing. So, uh, so I've done marketing, so I have a bit of marketing, although I will tell you that my, ex- my experience with, of coaching other people and working with other firms is, uh, as you've pointed out, as most people 
uh, particularly people that have the content knowledge, don't like to do the marketing themselves, right? So, um, so of the three of us, you know, when we started the firm together, um, you know, we used to work on a daily basis to because we were in three different. One was in one of my partners was in Portland, the other one was in Sacramento. I was here, so we used to do these video conference calls, you know, uh, every day to talk about what we we're doing, what we're working on, and work collaboratively collaboratively together. But the 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 thing is, is that you you have to have what you know the the eighty twenty rule, and and to start a business, you need to spend eighty percent of your time uh, selling or promoting or engaging, whatever you want to call it. You know, most people don't like the selling kind of concept, but you but you have to do it. You have to spend eighty percent of your time there, so that we had a model that we we said for every good client that we have, we have to have. 10 good clients with the expectation that we're only going to get one out of the 10. So we always, as you had mentioned, you know, sometimes you get a, a big purchase order or you get a big contract or whatever, and you really get complacent. And, and our model has always been is this, this could go away at any point in time where there may not be follow up to this. So if we have, we've landed that one and fortunately our, um, capture ratio was really much better than 10%. It was probably 20 or 30%. But we always used kind of the 10% model to make sure that we had enough additional people in the pipeline and we were mm-hmm. not forgetting about doing kind of the, the sales and marketing promotion and so forth. And, it, and it's not so much that. It's really, it's keeping people warm. It's the touch points. It's helping people out as necessary uh, and you really have to have the long-term vision um, because of the five elements for success, which I'll share in, in the next few breaths here, is that if you don't have that long-term uh, vision and approach, uh, you, you're not really setting yourself up for, for success. So that's so we, we made a conscious effort to make sure that we were keeping our, our pipeline filled in addition to doing the content work, because as experts, we love to, we all love to do the content, right? We love to do the actual work with the clients and developing it and thinking about new ideas and strategies and building your portfolio. All of that's that's great. The thing that I found is that most consultants that because that feels natural and it's engaging and motivating, more motivating than uh, you know a lot of the other other stuff that would be kind of related to sales or whatever you want to call it, that, um, that, that it goes by the wayside and then all of a sudden you're out of contracts or you're, you haven't landed your first contract and then you, then you start, people go back into the, into the corporate world or back into the, the, the old life that they have. And I think it's a little bit disappointing because it feels like you've failed. So um, let me share the five things. Okay. Uh, that, that I, I say that we found out we were, that we needed for success. And we got, we did lots and lots of, I'm a researcher, so we did lots of research before we pulled the trigger. You know, we had planned on this uh, exit from the corporate world for about three months. Um, we actually were, were all working it until we desperately tried to get them to fire us or give us a package or something. And we said, if we can't get them to do that, you know, it, we'll pick a date, you know, which was June 1st. And if we can't get them to do that, uh, we'll just make the leap and, you know, give up the, you know, the security blanket with all of the paychecks and life insurance or health insurance and, 
everything else that comes with it. Uh, and we did that, and it's it's always a little bit scary. But the thing is, is if you've done the pre-work, um, and it's and it's usually several years of pre-work to to do that to make the the transition, um, then you can be successful. So so when we went to our value-added associates from TTI, I found the people, probably a dozen of them, that had made over a million dollars in their business per year. Some of them had made $10 million. And I wanted to know, um, what should we, what do we need for success? And there were five things that came out um, consistently from, from these individuals. The first was, um, and these are no particular order, but they said you need a need a shtick. You need something unique, unique material or approach, something that you do differently uh, than every, everybody else. It might be a combination. You know, for us, we were the tech nerdy engineer types. You know, delivering training and development. So we had moved over from the you know quantitative to the qualitative side, and a lot of trainers don't have that. So working with you know, product engineers, and I had was fortunate enough, like at Intel, uh, some of my clients that I, when I was a product manager were Microsoft and Apple and Cisco and Qualcomm and so forth. So, um, so I had that experience. So I can talk the bits and bytes. And training people like product managers or product engineers or designers or coders or whatever, they, as a trainer, they really develop a lot of respect because been there, done that, as opposed to, you know, I can lead, lead the, I can read the slides well, and also I can, um, I can keep you uh, entertained, right? So, um, so that, so that was the first thing that unique step. The second thing is they said, um, you need a hardcover book, right? You need that if you're going to be dealing with executives, you need to be able to hand them a hardcover book that uh, demonstrates your expertise. And that's what we did, as, as you had said, right? The, the Leader of Oz book, we, uh, Dr. Lacani and I had written that. Uh, took us about six months, had a great editor. Um, we did self-publishing on it. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we had some uh, publishers who were interested, but they couldn't get it out fast enough for us. So we wanted to get it out quickly. So we were able to do that. And of anything that we've done, that is probably the absolute best marketing tool Ever. If you're going to meet with an executive, and you've probably found the same thing, if you're going to meet with an executive, being able to hand them a, a hardcover book, very tangible piece of material uh, that demonstrates that you can write, and and hopefully it's good. You know, we think it's we think it's very good because it really talks about mm -hmm. our processes and the stuff that we do. If you if you can do that, then. Um, uh, th then you have a better chance of them wanting to talk to you and, and getting some business. So that was the second thing. So the shtick, the hardcover book. The third one was uh, social presence, right? That you have to, they said, you have to have some social presence out there, right? So we are very active on social media, um, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook, the business page, uh, as well as doing, uh, we use constant contact, people use SurveyMonkey or whatever to, to just keep people warm. Here's what we've done. Here's some new articles. Here's an ebook that we have. There's a, a video conference that we're doing, or here's a webinar, etc. So we just keep we you know keep information there um, out in the marketplace so it, it maintains our presence. 
Um, the, fourth, the fourth item was uh, being well capitalized. They all said the same thing. You need to plan on not, not making any money for 18 to 24 months. You have to be able to say, I'm willing, if you do get anything, it's, think of it as a windfall, right? And because most consultancies go out of business right in that time because they haven't, they haven't, you know, the finances have really taken over. And if you don't have enough money, because you're really looking at it as an investment in yourself and your company, uh, if you don't, if you don't have that, all, the pressure gets very, very strong. You know, a couple of people I've been coaching recently, they said, yeah, I've got about, I can probably last for six months and then after I'm going to have to look for a job. Um, you know, getting this kind of business where you're not just selling widgets or whatever, uh, and you're really selling relationships is, is difficult. So, um, so we were all well capitalized and we could handle that. And, and pretty much for us, we got a few uh, windfall projects that happened in the first 19 months, but our first really big, big PO came in, you know, uh, was a several year contract, came in right around 19 months. And I remember the 18 month call with everybody else where uh, my other partners were like, oh, is this a good idea? And are we going to make that? And I said, hey, we've got, we've got 10 clients in the pipeline, you know, one of those should hit and fortunately one did and then short time after some of the others hit but we we kept the pipeline line going um and then the last thing was um which was kind of the aha moment after we got into this was the importance of your network so i had done a good job you know uh, i forget what my linkedin is it was probably you know 1500 people or so at the time when we left um you know and i had um, we've probably got about 5,000 people in our, uh, in our network that we do mailings to on a, on a regular basis. But we had this network of, of people that we had met or I had done work for at Intel that I knew um, that, that I could send, we could send articles to, we could ask if we could help them, but we weren't selling to them. We were just letting them know. And that, and that really was pivotal for us to be successful. But here's what we learned, which was a surprise. What we realized probably not soon enough, but probably about a year into the business is that we needed to mine the network differently. That our mental model was that we were capturing or going after end users, the clients. And, and, and there were other people in the network that we could help uh, and partner with where we could help them extend their business as opposed to where they could give us business. Um, so using kind of a servant leadership model, rather than just thinking about making money, we were thinking about, <coughs> excuse me, um, how, how, do we, um, how, do, how do we partner with, with, those, with those people? Um, and, um, excuse me, <coughs> oh. and those, those people, um, uh, really made the difference to explode our, our business. So I'll, I'll tell you the story, unless you have a question at the moment, because I've been yakking for quite a bit here. Yeah, no, the five points that you just made, I think were, were really critical. Let's just kind of recap them before we jump into this really key concept that you have. The first one to me is the differentiator piece, you know, identifying 
who is it that you naturally connect with and can talk to the way you did with your developers and engineers? I think sometimes it's true that when we're, uh, especially feeling the need for getting business fast, it's like, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll do anything for anybody, right? right? You can't when do that. In, in reality, it works so much more effectively to be very clear about who you best relate to, who you best serve. So you focus on those folks. So you and they are more comfortable with what you're doing. So I, I just felt like that was really important to emphasize again. And of course, I agree with you totally about the idea of having a book that you can <laughs> hand to someone so they can see because of all the different things it conveys with a single object. <laughs> right. And, and as you know, I mean, it's, it's much easier to do than you would think. Um, and um, I, I think a lot of people don't recognize how easy it is to to um, to actually develop write write a book. I mean, it, it's certainly a lot of work, but if, if you're generally successful in business and you have the discipline, uh, even if you're not an exceptional writer, uh, there's always sort resources that you can tap into to That's to right. help you. That's a very good point. And then your other three with the social presence. It's, it's rare for someone to say, I'm not on social media at all right. and um, not connect. I'm a huge believer in LinkedIn because of all the people that I've connected with over the years. It's just been amazing, the introductions and the strength of those relationships. Going in there, though, one of the things I love about your underlying theme of those three, not so much on the being capitalized, but definitely on the fifth one, the network, is this whole idea of how can I provide value to mm -hmm. others without necessarily expecting them to reciprocate? Because when you attach strings to it, they feel that. And yeah. it makes a big difference. So one of the things <clears throat> I want to cover after you talk about these relationships that you built, because I think that's really important, is what kind of value, or maybe it's a part of this, what kind of value were you able to deliver to, let's say, these potential um, partners that you um, were able to offer additional services to? So just tie in the value piece as you talk about that. Sure. Yeah, I'd be glad to do that because, you know, I'm going to talk about the, the three partnerships that we've, we've developed and, and how that's really helped us and how we did that mind, mind shift from focusing on going after the, the, you know, the purchaser to, to doing the partnering because I think the big thing that we learned was that the, many of the other, if you do the partnership, um, two things happen. One, um, you get access to their clients, right? Uh, not to steal their clients. To, right. To, they've done a lot of the, the spade work in order to, to get there. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is, is you really have an opportunity um, to help, help them to expand their uh, value that they provide to, to clients. And I think that's, that was the big thing. A good portion of the people, some of the people that I end up coaching, their approach has been is to go find other, other um, consultants or other people that they, that they know or they want to connect with, and they want them to give them work, right? Like, I'm available. I've got this great experience. I have all this education and background and knowledge and so forth. Hire me and I'll come in and do a great job for you. Um, I found that that generally people that have that approach, and I get probably one of those calls a month right, where people want to do that. And whether it's, um, 
you know, one of my doctoral students that's graduated or a client or someone that's been let go or some a friend of a friend of a friend, I, I probably get at least one of those calls. I had one of those calls yesterday uh, of, by the way, you know, I'm not employed anymore and, and I need, I need, I need your help and how to, how do I do it? But the, the tendency is, is to, to go after the people that have these successful consulting or successful businesses and, and, and ask for work from them. And, and I think that is a major, major uh, error. Um, so, and, and we don't, we don't do that. We never go and ask for work from them. We ask, how can we help, you know, um, build your value and, and, and grow your business. So, um, so let me tell you the three quick stories. If this is a good time to do this. Yeah, that'd be perfect. I'll tell, I'll tell you how we did it with the, with three of our, our, uh, our partners that we partner with. Uh, the first one what happened early on. Well, I, well let's talk about, uh, the TPIs, Target Trading International. We'll talk about that one as the first one. They have these 8,000 or so people. Uh, we use their assessments. Uh, they actually purchased, I created an assessment when I did my doctoral work on uh, task preferences and kind of aligning your work so that you're motivated. Um, and they, they do that. In fact, if you want the end of the end of the session, I'll give you a link. And if you want uh, as a gift to your um, to your viewers, you can give them the link and they can get, a, they're, get the assessment for free. Once again, there's yeah. no selling. It's just, I'll just give it to you as a That's as a, perfect. As a yeah, we'll add that to the show notes page. Okay, and, great. And so re, just remind me at the end. I've got the, okay. the URL in here. I'll, I can send it to you or we can just state it at the, at the end as, as sure. a closure. But, um, but, but because these people were doing very much of what we were doing, um, many of them had, had um, they already had the big client connections that, that we wanted. Um, but we wanted, we we wanted to learn about what they need, what they needed, you know, and our expertise is around management, uh, leadership development, team development, motivation, keeping people motivating, engaged, engaging. But many of these people were, you know, expert, ex have expertise in uh, accounting software or, or de developing uh, uh, um, uh, uh, just, we're just escaping the um, uh, uh, city governments and um, uh, uh, those type of things. That's not an area of expertise of, of, of ours. Uh, and they, they were much more around process and, you know, strategic planning and development. And that's great. That's not what we love to do. Um, but as you can imagine, when they do all of that, that leads to something else and they may not have the, the next version. So we can partner with them. We do, we, we did a lot of, co-branding and, and, and so forth. So the, um, so that happened through a lot of the value added associates, right? So we you know, make ourselves a resource for them. So we've gotten reasonable amount of business through, through that particular uh, network. But the, I think the, the windfall one was, um, I was speaking at a conference in Silicon Valley for a big, for a big client that, we were desperately trying to land, but they said, well, we have a sales conference. Can you come and do a keynote speak speech on leadership? Um, and of course I'm going to do that for them because we're trying to land their, their, their contract. And as it, as it turns out, we did land the contract within a couple of months after that, which was our first big 19 month contract. Uh, when I was up there, uh, I did my leadership talk. And as I was coming in to do my talk, 
uh, a gentleman by the name of Alan Vengel, uh, Vengel Associates. Um, and Alan is known for the Influence Edge and the negotiation, negotiation Focus Program. And those were courses I had taken at Intel 20 years before, and they still, still stuck with me. So we literally ran into each other in the doorway. He, he, had, he had just finished his talk and I was coming in to follow up on there. And he didn't know that I had left. Uh, I didn't even know he was still, still teaching after 20 years, but he was. And I said, I said, once again, thinking for the future, hey, let's, let's connect. So we, we literally just in 30 seconds shared our cards and I said, I'll, get, I'll give you a call. So I did my talk when I got back, I, I um, called Alan and I, and I said, hey, you know, your, your program was one of the most memorable ones that I had done at Intel. And um, we don't do influence and negotiation. That's not our, our expertise. We do more leadership management, uh, team development kind of things. And he said, oh, that's really good to know because, because he had 30, he had been in business almost 30 years and had developed these huge contracts and he was booked forever, way more booked than he needed to be. Or he wanted he wanted to be because he was he had a kind of a ten year window to retire, which he did. And he said, "We have clients that that have been asking us, and we don't have anywhere to turn turn them to. Would you partner with us?" And I said, "I'd be glad to partner with you." So we partnered with Alan back probably in two thousand and eight. Um, we augmented his his offerings with ours. And the interesting thing that happened is. Um, because he didn't want to travel as much, and a good portion of his clients were here in Phoenix. Um, he's and I, you know, I can drive to them. He he said, um, "How about I I just train you on the, our programs, right?" So I learned. I basically went when he was here in Phoenix. I went and shadowed him, and he did the train the trainer, and I got certified on his programs. So when we when he would book a program around the country or even around the world. We got some, some good opportunities as well uh, overseas um, rather than sending him to do one, one workshop and me to do the other workshop. I just did all the workshops and I, and I offered to him and his organization, Hey, if you want to learn our stuff the same way, I'm, I'm glad to, to do the train the trainers for you, you know, whatever we can do to help. Um, he said, so I got more business than I need. I don't on that, and that's not my my passion. So, um, so so we did we did we worked with him probably for ten years, um, and then Alan retired and sold the business off and uh, and and so forth. But uh, it was a it was a great run. We helped him out. We helped our customers out, uh, and that was a, a big success for us. So, um, and once again, we just went in it, into it from a servant leadership mindset of not how can we get more any work from you is how can we, we help you build your business and we help them really build this business and solidify by, by adding more value, solidify, um, you know, his, his client's value. So that was, that was the second one. So we had a, a TTI, Alan Bengal. And then the third one that we partnered with probably about five years ago is uh, uh, right here in town in, in Phoenix and Scottsdale. Um, with a with a group called Kaiser, and they're primarily a um, it's a conglomerate, but they do mostly uh, um, commercial, real, commercial commercial real estate. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I great. interviewed Jonathan Kaiser oh, about oh, 
Oh, you did. Okay, great. Yeah. So we we yeah. so uh, Jonathan decided to expand his um, his business, and um, he brought in a, a, um, Mike Mike Maynard um, and from and, and Mikey Mike and I knew each other because he was providing assessments different than the TDI assessments in 2000 at Intel, uh, and he found that my assessment that I developed for my doctoral program worked really, really well. So when I left, Mike and I stayed in touch, um, and then he joined Kaiser um, four years ago, five years ago, I don't know, something like that. Um, and because I had, he liked the stuff I had done, he had built a relationship, you know, it's all about relationships, uh, and I had offered to help him um, wh whatever he needed um, when they started up their organ their uh, I don't know what they officially call it uh, develop organizational development uh, coach mm -hmm. co coaching uh, programs that they they didn't have they had access to the clients they didn't they didn't have the content so we had the content so um, so when he he's doing business development. He has a suite of us of um, consultants like ourselves uh, to 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 tap into. So so once again, uh, they do a lot of the stuff that we don't like to do, which is this the selling piece and so forth. And if we can augment uh, the work that they're already doing with their clients uh, for other things, uh, then it just really builds uh, a good strong relationship for them. So. So, so that's that's been that's been a fantastic um, relationship that we've had and a partnership. So, uh, once again, not trying to replace anything and with them, and they have a whole um, you know portfolio of consultants, all with a little bit different um, spin. And sometimes for the big projects, we work together. Sometimes for the smaller projects, you know, they look at. Uh, they bring several of us in and say, who's interested, you know, um, and the stuff that, you know, what, as you mentioned earlier, we try to focus on the stuff that we're, uh, that's really with our shtick, our, that our, our passion. Uh, and uh, in fact, I had a client last um, Thursday, last week called and said, we've got this big project. This is what we want to do. It's really about organizational restructuring and, you know, for um, a public uh, utility kind of environment. And that's not my expertise, but I've got this great network. And I sent a quick note out to all the people on the network. And I said, hey, I have a client that they, they want this. It's a real contract. Um, it's, it's not for us um, who's interested. And then I, I sent them the information and hopefully, um, I've seen some of the copies. They've already made the connections. I don't know if they'll get the contract or not, but I'm just glad to help them. I, we we don't take any money or do a percentage or anything like that. It's just it's you know it's making the pie bigger, not getting a bigger piece of the pie. And I really like that basic philosophy because it shows to me that whole abundance versus you know the scarcity mindset or yeah. looking at there's plenty for all of us creative versus competitive yeah. so i i think what happens there is then you and not being woo woo but i mean you attract people who are similar they sense who you are what you're like and you attract people who hold those same values and so as a result of that building that kind of network is really 
powerful. Um, and I think the whole thing about looking for how you can help them, you know, mm -hmm. filling a gap that they might have, that makes a big difference to me in, in terms of the kind of questions that you ask when you're in a conversation with them, as opposed to here's what I want from you or what I would like from you, which is what you're hearing when you get these phone calls from people right. on a monthly basis. It, it has a whole different feel to it, doesn't it, Kevin? When you, yeah, see, when you can sense right away, can't you, when somebody is approaching you about wanting something from you versus looking to make a contribution in some way. Yeah. And, uh, and it goes, I had done a, uh, a webinar for, uh, I teach at Drexel university in Philadelphia and I, as an alumni, as a graduate and also the professor there, I had done a, um, uh, a webinar on what I called your SCA, your sustainable competitive advantage. Um, and the, the, I'll give you the 32nd view. I'll send you a link if you, if you'd like for the viewers, but, but generally, when people give me these calls, of like, hey, hot, come and hire me, I can do this. I just tell me, I say, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. And it's the same thing. I have this experience, and here's my degrees, and here's what I want to do, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I just, let, I just listen to them. And at the end of every conversation, here's the question I ask them. Is the next person that calls me, what will they tell me that's different than what you just did? Um, and usually the response is uh, probably nothing different, right? So, uh, so, so I want to know what's your sustainable competitive advantage? What, what do you bring? And it may be a combination of things. Like, so for us, our SCA is, you know, we're the nerd engineers that have made that transition, uh, that have done deep doctoral research uh, to to basically show proof that we can make a change to help organizations quantitatively uh, and we can deliver it in such a way that's uh, that it's engaging right and there's not a lot of so that's I'm certain certainly other people that, that can do that but that certainly goes from hey we've got a lot of experience and and we got good training so hire us yeah. kind of thing which yeah. is where where it starts well, and what I like about your nerd engineer piece is it, it really um, identifies who your target market is, too, in terms of describing yourselves, you're, you're relating to the people you most enjoy working with, right? Yeah. Um, well, and surprisingly enough, um, I, I would say probably half of our clients are not the nerd engineers, right? They're not the technical people. Uh, we went after that, but we find that they've had good experiences and they refer us to other colleagues that they have that may not be in the technical field, but are having the same challenges, right? You know, the good news is, you know, from a leader, management leadership perspective, there's, there's lots and lots of problems and lots and lots of, of industries out there. And, and the stuff translates whether you're doing it with a project yeah. manager or you're doing it with a, you know, we have another client that's uh, in a hospital and health and healthcare, right? Um, that it's, the, the problems are very similar. It, it, the foundational problems are the same. Uh, how they approach them is a little bit different, you know, depending on whether you're taking more of a, a human resources approach or um, a, a technical 
approach. Well, you know, you're making a good point, and I'm just noticing we need to wrap up because we could keep talking. It's been so much fun. But one of the key things that you've said that I, I'm taking away for our listeners is it's important to start narrow initially so that you're clearly speaking to a specific audience. And once you do that, lots of opportunities are going to happen to allow you to expand to those other areas that you wanted to reach anyway. It's just that initially having that laser focus can be very beneficial in terms of communicating your message to that specific initial audience. Yeah, and, and let me expand upon it because I think it's probably one of the most critical things from, from this talk is that having the narrow focus of what you do well and where you fit uh, is, is the great entry point. As opportunities come up, just like we had found, where we can get to do the same type of thing, but for a different industry that has some of the same challenges, accepting those kind of opportunities is a good idea. I want to have caution everybody listening here, just like what happened last week is we had an opportunity from a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever from the, um, from, from the network to, um, to, to do more work. But the work was not in our expertise. It was a different industry even if it was in the same industry, we don't take work that, uh, that we're not the best fit for. We'd much rather give it to someone else. That way it keeps our motivation and engagement up. Well, one other thing I thought about, Meredith, that, that I want to share with everyone that most people don't know, and, and it's been so wonderful for us. Uh, about two years ago, we hired a virtual assistant. She helped us out quite a bit with this. Um, one of the things that we did about a year and a half ago that's been a great surprising windfall for us is we've created um, a Google business page. Uh, I don't know about anybody listening, but our experience is very few people have a Google business page. You have a website, you have a social page, uh, you're publishing on all the other social media things. But, but, but she said, you need to build a Google business page. And I will tell you, if you go to Google and you, you type in Magna Leadership Solutions, you can see our page. Um, pretty much what we did is we took all the work we had done from a perspective of our social, other social media and our website and so forth, and we extracted information. So it was really much more of a transfer. And we built the business page. We published to it on a regular basis, You know, usually about every other week or so. Um, put photos and get people to do reviews of the business and, and so forth. And I will tell you, um, we have gotten um, quite a bit of business uh, that we normally wouldn't just by, by doing that. The advantage is it certainly pumps your um, status up on the, on the Google searches mm. without having to pay for massive Google ads. So that's, right. that's the first first thing um, and and the, the second thing is um, that the here here's the here's the magic the magic is you have to have five good reviews that's that's the first five, five five good reviews you have to have five ah, reviews okay. on there right uh, it loves photos and videos and so forth that that pumps you pumps you way up and and they look for consistency so you have to be it, it, not a lot, not a lot of work. It's I've got a tickler on my to-do list 
file that just says post. And so once a week, I just go in, I post a photo or an article or a link to an article, or uh, I send a note out, can you, can you give us a review and, and so forth. Um, and, and once you do that, uh, it's amazing what, what happens and people start finding you. And it's very little work and, and it's completely free. So, um, what a great tip. No, nobody else I've ever spoken to has ever brought that up. So that's a very good gold nugget that will uh, be worth somebody's time to listen all the way through. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good. Wonderful. good right. So tell us as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media? And um, remember to give us, and also the, about your company. And the third thing is that link you promised. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. So I'll, get, I'll give the gift to everybody that that's that's managed to stay awake for this for the whatever how many how much time we have done here for the hour uh so yeah so you can you can find us in a lot of different ways we like i said we post uh, my first 45 minutes every day is to do research so i go find articles or videos or whatever that that are really good uh, and useful if you're interested in management leadership team development motivation and engagement those are the areas that we uh, that we excel in so so you can find us on um, uh, Facebook, just it's Magna Leadership Solutions, right? Just type in Magna Leadership Solutions. You can like our business page and you'll get, if you are on Facebook, you'll get a nice feed there. We're not gonna spam you. We, we don't do, we, we may have an offer. We probably put an offer on there once a quarter or, or something, but, but we, we don't use, it at, at, use any of these as, as sales tools. It's really just helping. So you can find us, um, if you want to follow, if you if you use Twitter, uh, it's it's not, it's under Dr. Kevin D O C T O R Kevin all one word Dr. Kevin. Um, uh, in fact, we just hit forty six thousand. I have forty six thousand followers at the moment, so it's 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 a it's a nice size. Uh, and then you can follow me uh, on LinkedIn, uh, Kevin Gazara uh, at LinkedIn, or you can follow my uh, my business partner Tim Galusha G A L U S H A. Uh, tip, follow Tim or, or Kevin, um, um, and then we do we do have a, a YouTube. If you if you like uh, like five minute, three to five minute videos on lots of different things and providing feedback or coaching or measuring things, um, we've got some good videos there. Uh, and once again, it's just Magna Leadership. Um, uh, you can fo follow us there. So th so that's uh, yeah. Uh, a great easy and you can certainly get in touch with me directly right that's everything is um, you can find us on connect through our website the magnaleadership.com uh, or you can send a, an email to to me kevin at magnaleadership.com um, so there's easy ways to connect i'm always interested in making connections and if i can help you i'm glad to have this kind of conversation uh, with you um, so here here's the gift link uh, so if you want, if you want to get a copy of, of the task quotient assessment, which will identify your ideal mixture of what what kind of tasks you need to do on a daily basis, only takes probably about three minutes to take the assessment. You'll get the report the report back instantaneously. Uh, you can go to um, https colon backslash backslash, right, which is I think the normal web stuff, but the but it's magna leader. M-A-G-N-A leader.co, not com, dot co, because it's a bit.ly link, um, forward slash gift, G-I-F-T. 
right? So magnaleader.co forward slash gift. In fact, I think you don't even need to put in the HTTP. T -T no, you can yes. just type just in type magnaleader.co and uh, you'll get access. And for some reason, you shouldn't have any problem getting in there. Um, we don't give that out to a lot of people, but um, but we usually, when we do a webinar, if it's appropriate, we always like to thank the, the, the moderator. Well, I really appreciate that gift and actually the gift of everything you've shared today, Kevin. It's been wonderful. You have, uh, I think it, if someone really takes to heart the five tips that you got and you consolidated from the folks who guided you, but then you implemented them and found, hey, these really are the five things that that's uh, really important. And the Google business page is an awesome tip. And this uh, task uh, quotient, or the is it task quotient yeah. assessment? Um, in earlier conversations, it's been fascinating to listen to you, what a difference that has made for people. And of course, in your book, The Leader of Oz, you reference that. And the three characters you describe with that, it really brings it to life and shows how much more joy we can have in our work if our tasks are aligned with what we, we really enjoy doing most. So I encourage all my listeners to take advantage of that offer. And Kevin, thank you again for joining me today. It has been just such a pleasure to get to talk to you and hear you share your experiences and your wisdom. Good. Well, thanks, thanks Meredith. You know, I, and I think that as a closing remark is, uh, yes, is when you're tapping into your network, don't miss that golden opportunity to, uh, to find the other consultants or other partners there because they do have a need for you. Uh, and uh, you, you probably have a gold mine sitting there that you probably haven't thought about. And um, fortunately, we discovered it uh, early, but we could have discovered it a whole lot earlier. Um, but that, I guess that's why you have to have uh, sharing experiences with other people so they can get there faster than you can. Excellent. That is a perfect way to close. Thank you for adding that. All right. Take care. Thank right. you. Right. Bye. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.